0: This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts Zach Harper and Andy Larson on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: Welcome everybody into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. I'm your host Andy Larson. Uh, today we've got I'm I'm the managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com. Yes. Today we've got Zach Harper uh nba writer for fanragsports.com correct is it just FanRag? it's fanragsports.com excellent not a net uh and we've got ben anderson as well uh who is unemployed unemployed <laughs> hello no. i love having ben on the show because uh <laughs> we always have like great conversations in jazz practice in the jazz practice facility and everywhere else uh about the jazz and the nba and and the history and everything else so Um, now that Ben can, we like having him on the show whenever he feels like he can join us. he
0: knows how to do radio.
1: Yeah, which (laughs) Which is new, which which is (laughs) new,
0: which is new for this show.
1: Yeah, uh, but, regardless, we can still have fun with radio people.
0: I've heard, I've heard radio can be fun. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's, I think everything's on the table.
1: That's good. Um, so anyway, we're, it's going to be the three of us hosting the show today, uh, As always, this is a social show, so please feel free to join out. Tweet us any questions, comments, concerns you may have about the Utah Jazz. Uh, My Twitter handle is at Andy B Larson. Zach's is at Talk Hoops, and Ben's is at Ben K Fan. I don't know what those letters mean after Ben, but yeah, they
0: don't mean anything anymore. (laughs) He owns them now. They don't belong to. They just mean okay. I'm a fan. Right. Right. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it means.
2: (laughs) That all adds up. <laughs> um, we've got a lot of t-
1: uh, stuff to talk about today, though, because the the Jazz have been good recently. Yeah. Winners of four in a row, uh, and especially last night against the Houston Rockets in Houston, without George Hill, without Derek Favors, they pulled up a a really impressive win uh, that I want to talk about. I also want to talk about uh, who the Jazz want to face in the playoffs. I'll ask you guys for your your feedback on that. You know, if if you had your druthers,
0: early answer Lakers.
1: That seems. I before, think they'd advance before the Nets.
0: Nets are in the East. Let's not get crazy here.
1: <laughs> I just, I just think it's a promising finals matchup. Sure. Uh, so yeah, well, I kind of figure out, you know, do you want to play against the Houston Rockets or the Clippers or, or the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Memphis Grizzlies? I'm gonna, I'm gonna limit your choices just to those four, Zach. I'm sorry.
0: I'm not, I'm not someone who can be boxed in. I. I so know we'll see, we'll see where I go with schools. that.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh. We'll see if, like, a fight breaks out sure. on the air before then. That seems like us. Uh, I want to talk about heckling because yeah. Marcus Cousins just fined $50,000, including half of that for an incident uh, in his last game against the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what's what's the fan player code of conduct, if you will? Yeah. Uh, or is it just to have fun and,
2: and score buckets?
0: I mean, that's the ultimate goal of the game. <laughs> That's um,
2: Boogie's ultimate goal of the game, right? Like one right. way or another. It's not about winning. It's just having fun and scoring buckets. But the outcome is it just doesn't really matter. Yeah,
0: he much. wants to yell at somebody, right. right? Yeah, he wants to yell at somebody, whether right. it's a defender, uh, a referee, a fan, teammate. He likes yelling.
1: Yelling is... Oisterous. Oh yeah, I, I recommend it. It's it's a good time. <laughs> it's uh, cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> We'll also talk about what's going on with the Jazz's competition, not only from a who you want to play standpoint, but really just, you know, it hasn't been that great recently. I mean, the Clippers are 5-5 five and five in the last 10. Memphis has lost three in a row. Oklahoma City's lost four in a row. So talk about what's going on there, as well as everything else that's going on around the NBA. Uh, and there's actually a lot of stuff we haven't talked about. So Sounds like a full it's show. It's be a good show, yeah. is what I'm saying. Anyway, let's talk about last night's game with the Jazz Rockets. Uh, first of all, just the Jazz's offense was – Really incredible, 125 offensive rating throughout the night. Uh, kind of a new look that we're not used to with kind of a spacing the floor look with Joe Johnson at the four. Um, at times having five guys outside with the three-point line, if you've got Gobert going out to set that screen. Um, and it, it worked wonders. How much of that is because they were playing the Rockets, who have kind of an iffy defense, and how much of that was just because that's the Jazz's best look offensively?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of curious what you guys think on this because I've said for quite a while, since like kind of mid-December-ish, that the Rockets, I think, are solid defensively, but I think they're very susceptible to kind of being picked apart, especially in a seven-game series. Like I'm not, like, they've had good defensive numbers, like even over the last like two, three months, they're tenth, eleventh, twelfth, somewhere in that range defensively, yeah, uh, for defensive rating. But I just don't necessarily buy it, and I think you have a team like the Jazz who who pass the ball a lot, can shoot the three, you know, can dominate the paint. And, and those those three components, I think, just gets a team like Houston kind of off kilter. And, and you saw it last night, it was a Jazz team that probably should have lost that game just because of the injuries, you know, were really in control for most of it. Let me answer your question with
2: a question, which is, where does a mentality for a basketball team most regularly get set? You know, is it is it the talent of the roster? Is it the coach? I can even say the culture of the city at some sure. times. If you look at, like, a Memphis team and Grind City and everything they have there. Where is that culture set? Because Mike D'Antoni's not a defensive guy, so he's not going to set that culture. You look at their star. Well, their star is James Harden. He's never going to set a defensive culture. Right. They've got a big, a couple of big guys who can play a little bit of defense. I like Montrez Harrell. He's going to be good in a couple of years. Yeah. I like Clint Capella. He's, he's still be six good nine, in a couple like of the, years. Know. yeah, right. They're kind of that undersized grinder defensive player. They don't have anyone who's going to go out and set a defensive mindset out there on the floor. And if you can't do that, I don't know why we would expect it to all of a sudden pop up at any given time.
0: Right. I agree with that. And I and I think that, you know, really the the guy who sets their defensive culture is Patrick Beverly, right? Because he is sure, yeah. an awesome defender. And he's a guy who will annoy anybody he can. Like, he loves to, to annoy people. And so it. I think that can kind of permeate throughout the rest of the team. But, like, Trevor Ariza, not really a lockdown defender anymore. Like, he he was really bad sure. last year. And, and, you know, he's just been in there a long time. And it's kind of hard to keep up with that. Like you said with James Harden, I, you know, probably not the mean right. that he's become anymore, but still not good. And, I mean, Eric Gordon's not going to defend anybody, right? Like Gordon oh, I mean, used
2: to be that guy, but they got yeah. rid of him. I mean, that was the thought. They had right. a couple of wing defenders that were good, but when was the last time there was a point guard defender like Patrick Beverly yeah. who set – the entire pace of the defense or set the tone on defense I mean uh, is it Gary Payton honestly are you thinking of yeah I mean probably it
0: probably is and you have
2: to be that good and Patrick Beverly as good as he is he's not Gary Payton right. and and why was Gary Payton so good well not just because he had this great nickname and was a good defensive right. player he was a phenomenal offensive player yeah. too and Patrick Beverly's not that so I, I don't know if they're ever going to be able to set Andy going back to your question this defensive mentality that they're going to need which is going to matter and it's why Mike D'Antoni's never won in the playoffs
1: yeah I, I think that's fair uh I I think it was interesting how they tried so many different looks against the Jazz yesterday. Whether that was kind of standard pick and roll defense, whether that was switching, whether that was hedging up top, you know. And no matter what they did, there was just nothing there because the Jazz could then figure out how to exploit no matter you know whatever kind of uh, look that the the Rockets gave them.
2: Sure, and I I think that's something that the Jazz, if they end up in a playoff uh, matchup with the Houston Rockets, will continue to exploit. And again. Rudy Gobert is just a problem. He's, just a, yeah, he's a problem yeah. for everybody. He's in the really NBA. good. He's, he's just he's just good. So good now, yeah. and he's one of those guys as good as Gordon Hayward is. And I'm not banging on Gordon Hayward. Gordon doesn't do anything physically that other teams can't match up with. Right. There are LeBron, you can't match up with him physically. There's just there's no way to do it. There's nobody who can do that. John Wall, no one can catch up with his speed. Some superstars have that ability. Rudy Gobert is a physical superstar that nobody else can match up with, and you can put some different bodies on him. You can put different look or throw different looks at him, but again, he's so difficult to stop, whether it's driving to the hoop on two steps, which, where was he catching the ball last night, and he got, what, three dunks in the first quarter off of catching the ball 18 feet away, and he never puts the ball on the ground, and he gets a dunk. There's not guys in the NBA who can do that. I mean, Giannis Giannis is
0: like, yeah, it's him and Giannis, right? Like, that's really it, and... You know, but Gian, To be fair, Giannis goes from half-court in right. two steps, uh, so that's <laughs> or, that's a little different. Right? Or right, or, or, right, exactly. It's a gather, it's a gather. Yeah, who knows? Uh, Angie,
2: Angie
1: points out Chris Paul is someone who's kind of set that defensive he, mindset.
0: He did to a certain degree, especially early on in, in his Clipper kind of career, because DeAndre Jordan was never really the guy that Doc Rivers talked him to be, sure. right? Like, I mean, he, I think DeAndre's there now, but Chris Paul did kind of set that culture at least – you know, really kind of slow teams down, but even then, I mean, it's not to the extent where he's changing the defense in a playoff setting, right? Like Gary Payton did that. Um, like, like you mentioned, I think Mike, I have a question for your question is that with, like you, is with Houston, isn't their defense right now kind of their offense? Like they oh, yeah, put absolutely. so, they put so much right. pressure on you offensively. And I wrote this last week for, for fan rag to give myself a little plug. Um, kind of the only thing you can really hope to do against Houston right now in the regular season is hope they miss because their their three-point shooting is so prolific. There's such a high volume for it. Like, they're not, you know, one of the five most accurate teams, but they just, I mean, they shoot 50 to 60 threes in a game right. most nights. And if you can, one, slow them down to grab the tempo, which I think Utah did a fantastic job of most of the night, and two, if you can, if you can kind of turn them into a team that just, flat-out misses, and and maybe a lot of that is is taking away the rhythm, or maybe that's just luck, right? Uh, But when they don't hit threes, they don't win. And so if they're, I mean, they shot 25% against the Jazz last night, they don't win. I mean, they lose a a fairly close game, but a game the Jazz were in control of the whole time.
2: The Jazz last night on offense, what number here is unsustainable? And I want to ask you, Andy, what number here is unsustainable? They shot 54% from the floor. They shot about 39% from the three-point line. And they shot 87.5% from the free-throw line on 24 attempts. They made 21. That's the number that feels like the outlier there. Right, but it's by like, yeah, I mean, two free-throws, right. Right, yeah, it's five percentage points. It's not that far off. I'm not sure anything I see there couldn't be replicated in a 7 game series for the Jazz and I think that's a no, really I, good sign.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I mean, I think maybe maybe the shooting could, was very good early, uh but you know, honestly, I, it, again, that 40% is not crazy.
0: But do, I mean, all at the same time, Houston not shooting well was able to stay in the game. One, James Harden just goes to the free throw line a whole lot, right? Like right. I mean, that's just a that's just something you can't really avoid. But two, I mean, the Jazz once again just kind of kicked the ball around. Like they're they're sloppy with the ball. Like it's still that's, like turnovers are still a problem for them, and unless they can cut, you know, you talk about oh maybe a couple extra free throws are the difference in what's sustainable and what's not. Well, I mean, if you cut away three or four turnovers in that game, it changes the it changes the complexion completely because then the Jazz really do dominate.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. And so yeah, as as good as they shot, you know, if they don't turn it over, you right. have equally good offense, maybe better. Yeah. Um, kind of moving on for a second what did you think about the Jazz's defense against James Harden last night? He shot 0 for 8 from 3, still had, what, 35 points? um, And, you know, honestly, in the last five minutes, kind of got whatever he wanted out of him. Uh, Gobert kind of had to hedge towards Capella, and and the Jazz kind of seemed okay with that, with the lead that they had. Do you think that the Jazz can defend James Harden better than other teams? And, um, you know, if so, can they defend better than they did last night? Uh,
0: Yeah, I think they can defend it better. I mean, you know, he only ended up with six assists, but they also missed a bunch of shots, right? I mean, yeah, that's right. you know, that kind of goes hand in hand. Um, I like I like the idea of doing kind of what the Spurs did to Steve Nash um, back in the mid 2000s of of just make him a score. Like, all right, James Harden probably going to drop 40, 50 points on you. If right. you don't let him have 10 to 12 assists to go with that, you live with that. Like, because he's most likely going to be you know, going to the line, which is an efficient shot, or driving to the basket and taking twos, which are not threes, that's math, right? Like, that's a sure. three is is more than two. So if you're giving up, um, you know, more twos to him and, and less threes from his passing, like, I kind of think that's what you live with. You have to have someone who is okay with playing him tough, letting Rudy Gobert kind of cover that, that backside of it, and, and just saying, like, hey, if you get annihilated for 35 points just against you know, in that individual matchup, you have to be okay with that. And I think yeah. the Jazz are more equipped to do that kind of style of defense.
2: And, and that's what happened last night. James Harden had 35
0: points. Right, exactly. And on 22 shots. Yeah. That's a
2: great night. Yeah, yeah. it's that's fantastic. That's really, a really good night. It just so happens he went 0 of 8 from the three-point line, which is an anomaly and won't happen again. On some of the looks, he had Rudy Gobert one-on-one, and, and he thought, you know what, I'll take a shot three feet back from Rudy. That's a good shot for James Harden. Yeah. And he will make those, and he will go 3 of 8 the next time the Jazz right. face up if they play in that type of game. Well, and the scary thing happens, about that is he has... 44 points. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's just absolutely annihilating you. But the Jazz are okay with that. Because you look, I mean, the starting lineup of Houston was all in the positive in their plus minus. They outscored the Jazz. The the highest was plus five, and you'll live with that and Eric Gordon. The lowest was plus one, and there was a couple of guys with that. Their bench was horrendous last night. Williams was minus 16. Sam Decker was minus 22. Montrez Harrell was minus. uh, See, that actually scared me for a playoff series, though. Well, and no Ryan Anderson, right? Right, good point. I
0: mean, that's a guy who who can really change the complexion of the. Of that series too but at the same time i do feel like game to game adjustments the jazz are more equipped to take on that houston team than just about anybody
2: and they only played eight guys i mean that's a playoff right. rotation yeah, so yeah That yeah. is their playoff rotation sure. you're right you you sub in ryan anderson you probably pull out montrez harrell in that yeah part. but he was good last night he was five of six for 12 points i mean he actually yeah. had a pretty good game scored on rudy going right into his chest a few times yeah you're going to have that eight man rotation and it's not like they have someone else there are you going to go to bobby brown are you going to go to – I mean, if that's their yes. prerogative, Chin- sure. Chanani Wanuwaku? Yes. Underhead free throw. Just for the granny shots, I get it. But, no, there's not anyone else you're going to right. there. You're not going to Kyle Wiltshire to add depth to this team. Yeah. Or
0: do you maybe, maybe you play Nene a little bit more because he can sure. pick and roll and he's okay defending the rim, but it's not like he's changing that – that game, right? Or do
1: you just play James Harden 44 minutes? You and know, well, we, we've yeah. seen that happen Oh, past. yeah, for sure. And then all of a sudden, you know, his plus his plus minus is a problem
0: yeah. he, if he's going to play the entire but game. But, I mean, also, like, the pace of the game, 92 possessions. Yeah, that's The, jazz. the Rockets don't want to play 92 possessions. No. They want to get that over 100 against the Jazz to make them uncomfortable, and the Jazz just did a great job of dictating tempo.
2: And, Andy, it was in your triple team last night at KSL.com. I hate that name. That's a, a bad <laughs> name. I don't disagree. Uh, look at, <laughs> looking at <laughs> My it last night. <laughs> okay, you had the shot chart out. And it looks yeah. like every Daryl Morey, Houston Rockets, Mike D'Antoni shot chart. There's. 50 shots around the perimeter, Right. there's 25 shots in the paint, and there's three shots in between, what, 10 feet and 25 feet. There right. was three shots last night, and they went two for three That's in That's the that best sense. one
1: I've ever seen, though, to only have three shots between six and
0: 23 feet. I love watching them play offense. Yeah, it's I nothing mean, but at the rim okay, or on the three-point line. Can
2: you design a worse offense to attack the Jazz in that sense? Because what do the Jazz have? They've got length down low, yeah. so yeah. They're gonna be, you're going to be bad in the paint, and they've got length on the perimeter. And because they have Rudy Gobert, the Jazz say, fine, drive on us, right. and we will play you so tight and so close because you have George Hill, because you have Dante Exum, because you have these strong wings. Gordon Hayward is really long. He's pretty quick with his feet. So the Jazz can play you really tight up on the perimeter and say, if you beat us, it's fine. We've got the best room protector in in, in the country, in the world behind us, and Rudy Gobert, what are you going to do about that? And if Houston is trained and unwilling to pull up from 15 feet, where I want to say a Demar Derozan or, or some of these teams we've LaMarcus seen these, Aldrin, these guys yeah, yeah. who will beat you at mid why the Jazz struggle so much yeah. with the Clippers yeah. when Blake Griffin will pull up from 15 feet and just eat you alive? Or Chris, Chris Paul, Paul yeah. they can't do that. Houston won't do that, right. and so that's why they're they're almost tailored Heck, for this Jazz team. They defense. struggled with Sacramento and Darren Collison, doing right. That. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a set that will stop yeah. at 15 feet and score the way. Uh, Minnesota did the other night. Yeah. The Jazz will get destroyed in the first round. But if you run in this thing where you're gonna run away from the mid range and you're gonna try and challenge them on the perimeter or in the paint, the Jazz are fine with yeah.
0: that. Well that's the thing too is that is that the the Jazz I think only only Miami is better at, at not allowing three point attempts. I think they have the the lowest three point rate against them in terms of three pointers per field goal attempt. Jazz are second. And so if you're Houston and you're not willing to bend on that like like Ben's saying, that means those three pointers are probably coming a foot too deeper than normal right and they have shooters who like Ryan Anderson can shoot from deep right. Lou Williams can shoot from deep Eric Gordon from deep but if that's what if that's what it's taking it is a little bit you know of an adjustment to where you're shooting longer shots and if you're doing that all game every game It's not – I mean, it's still your offense, but it's not quite your offense because you do have to bend a little bit.
2: Andy, you talk to Quinn Snyder more than anybody here. Would he be willing to sit Derek Favors for a playoff series? Not sit him, but bench him, have him come off the bench for an entire playoff series? Because if Ryan Anderson is out there and Derek Favors is out there, say what you will about Derek Favors. He's great. I really like Favors. He can't guard a stretch four. He's just never been able to do it. He's not going to do it well against Ryan Anderson. He's struggled against Ryan Anderson wherever he's been in his career. Will you go with a four small, one big lineup like the Jazz did last night, even if you have a healthy favors?
1: Yeah, I think so. Maybe I mean, we could I maybe they'd start Fav for game one, but I could absolutely see him going to that for like games two through six, sure. you know, right? right? Like I ultimately or it
0: becomes like the A C Green celebratory start where you let yeah. him start and then four minutes into the game you're taking him out and then you're just playing him at center the yeah, rest of the I, game I, when I, Rudy's I, needs a needs a break.
1: Heck, we're almost there as right. is. Yeah, so I mean it's honestly the only power forward minutes Derek Favors has played for the last three weeks are in the first six minutes of the game in, of either half. Right. So uh, I think, yeah, I think that's absolutely maybe most likely. You you talk you just listen to him talk about Joe Johnson at the power forward and how much he loves that idea, and rightfully so, because it's it's a Jazz's best lineup statistically yeah. and just, you know, with the eyeball test, it yeah. looks really good.
2: This isn't an accident, though, right? I mean, you're not going to play Joe Johnson at the power forward for 82 games. Quinn Snyder yeah. knew, like, let's right. give him 55 games <laughs> to just come off the bench and we'll save his legs. And then mm. during the stretch run, when yeah. we need to win games and when you need to get that into the playoffs, you'll have a healthy Joe Johnson. That be, had to be the design all along.
1: And there will be a groin injury that, you know, yeah. sets him out two games. Yeah, I, right. I absolutely think there's there's something he's holding back just for the playoffs.
0: That's, that's the air exposure move, right? Yeah. You, know, you don't let anyone point. know anything in these matchups the regular season. That's why I'd never really take a whole lot into, like, hey, this team got swept by another team in the regular season matchup because good teams aren't going to let that come out of, like, no, actually, this is our game plan the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not going to just stay there and, yeah. and let that happen to them. Uh, I, I was curious, I was interested in a few uh, playing time things last night. I mean, there was the, the Joe Johnson, Derek sure. Favors thing. Joe Johnson starting at the four over Boris Diao or Trey Lyles kind of surprised me because uh, in the past when Derek's been out, Boris has started, right? Uh, and, but then also, Howell Neto playing over Dante Exum late. Uh, Dante Exum only got nine minutes, and a lot of that was foul trouble, but also just – Howell Neto getting that time was, was I thought, meaningful. Um, and Jeff Withey playing over Trey Lyles, who had a DMPCD. I think that's something that the Jazz could go to more. And just as, like, Jeff Withey as a very poor man's Rudy Gobert, I think sure. it, it kind of allows you to do most of the same things on defense, whereas Trey Lyles forces you just to have to push and trap and hedge every single pick and roll.
2: Jeff Withey's an NBA player, and the way Trey Lyles has been playing this year, he's not. I mean, he will yeah, be, and he work. will make it, but Trey Lyles... Yeah. And with current production, is not an NBA player. He they was much better last year, right? He like, on the floor. Yeah, yeah, he was much better last year. Jeff Withey right now can play in the NBA. Jeff Withy, if he was on anybody but the Jazz, who have Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors, Jeff Withy would get 12 to 15 minutes a night. I mean, I really think he's that caliber of a player. He's really a, a very good basketball player. He just is on the deepest team as far as low-post shot blockers there are in the NBA, maybe. Yeah, that's right.
0: a good point. Yeah, 100%. And I think the, a lot of that probably, too, like if Ryan Anderson is around last night and starts... Do they do they go to Joe Johnson the four? Maybe like yeah. it's possible, but the fact that Eric Gordon was in the starting lineup and Trevor Ariza is your power forward, or James Harden was guarding power forward, you know the guy pegged to guard power True. forwards in that game. I mean that kind of allows you to maybe tinker with that a little bit more.
1: I did think it was interesting. Quinn said Joe Johnson can defend any kind of power forward um, last night. You know he he was he complimented his strengths down there and, yeah. and it sounded like he felt confident. Sure, you know Trevor Ariza is a power forward. That's a that's a matchup you can win, but uh against other power forwards it seems like he likes that matchup even even in those circumstances too
0: yeah i mean i don't know that i would throw him 20 minutes a game against zebo but Nah, just but he can probably guard a lot of guys. I mean, he's he's got that old man strength. He's
2: big. He's strong. He can, yeah. And he can he can play any type of power forward too. Because again, you can throw him the ball with his oh, back to the basket. Really so good post Last year yeah. in Miami, or you can throw it to him on the perimeter. You can ask him to, to hedge if you want. You can I mean I, you can ask him to set some drag screens if you want. I mean he can really be the last guy down the floor if you want. And then he's so dangerous when he pops out. I mean, yeah. He can play any type
0: of power forward you need. Joe Johnson's good. He's really yeah. good. He's really good.
2: One quick thing I want to talk about
1: before we go to break. Uh, Lou Williams on the Rockets. Yeah. Rockets traded for him at the trade deadline. Uh, Ramona Shelburne's article on the Lakers had this little tidbit that the Jazz had su- submitted an offer for him for a first round pick and then pulled that offer before the Tuesday when uh, the Rockets actually made that deal. So that's why Lou Williams went to Houston and not in, not Utah. A nice thing hey, to say. <laughs> was that a good idea? And second, you know, I, I, Lou Williams went two for 10 last night. I, He's a better player than that, yeah. but you know what do you think about the Jazz having missed out on that overall?
0: I'd rather have Lou Williams than whatever 20th first round. I mean, the odds of a pick in the 20s being productive is like 11% or something yeah. like that. Lou Williams is better than an 11% player.
1: And you get him for
2: this year and next. Yeah, and, he, and he's a bargain. So. A smart CYA move for the Jazz. Leak that. Say that, yeah, if we had that and we oh. pulled it, that was <laughs> our choice, and it right. happens a lot. Who's Lou Williams' agent? He uh, shares the same agent as Derek Favors. Yeah, it's. you think Derek Favors' agent is thrilled with the Jazz right now? No. So you think he's gonna redirect Lou Williams to the Jazz?
1: No, but I mean, so you you think it's Wallace Brother's choice there? I, I
2: I. I mean, it's also
0: it, like it the Lakers are. It happens. Are I, entirely leaky, right? But Ben's. I mean, that stuff that stuff gets out that stuff for a really reason. Really matters. That stuff it always really gets out for a reason. It's not like no offense to Ramona Shelburne, who's awesome at her job. Yeah. It's not like she unearthed this thing that couldn't be unearthed, right? right like. Right. That got out for a reason.
1: But it, I think it came from the Lakers, given that it's a Lakers-centric piece. It, I mean,
0: it does make sense though.
1: That the Jazz pulled it, or uh,
0: well, no, I don't think it makes sense that the Jazz pulled it unless they just felt they had too much depth. With I think, which I think you can have a struggle with minute allocation, you know.
1: Or I think maybe more possible is that uh, the Jazz thought something else was going on, right? They, they thought they were going to get, you know, Danilo Gallinari or something for that first-round pick. Although you had two, so. Right. And, and, yeah, and Lou
2: Williams still got done on Monday. You're right. And right, and the trade deadline was yeah, on Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday, either Thursday, Thursday, so yeah. they need to, they, maybe the Jazz did pull it that last second, or maybe they needed to sweeten the deal on top of it, and the Jazz said, okay, we're not going to do a player and a pick, and that's where you pull the pick off the right. board. I, I could see that being the case.
1: All right, got to take a break. On the other side, uh, we want to talk about who the Jazz want to face in the playoffs. Is it Houston? Is it the Clippers? Is it the Grizzlies? Is it the Thunder? We'll talk about that next on the Salt City Hoop Show right here on ESPN.
0: 700. call. The home of the best Utah Jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN Seven Hundred.
1: All right, welcome back into the uh, Salt City Hoops Show, Andy Larson, Ben Anderson, Zach Harper. Zach yeah, jumped Gated you already, her. Zach?
0: Jumped you already? Oh, uh, that was predictable. <laughs> it's just... Ben's a lot better at this than I. <laughs> a lot better than this. Like Ben's
1: gonna sit in this chair. Pretty, pretty
0: soon. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I want to talk about, yeah, which teams the Jazz want to face in the playoffs, right? So right now they're the four seed, but they could move up to three, uh, could move down to five. You know, it's a difficult schedule for the Jazz coming up. Um, heck, it even could move down to six if things really change around. And you could see, you know, either the Thunder moving up, Memphis, Houston, et cetera, all moving around in this jumble. So I've been thinking about this for the last few months, who is it that the Jazz would like to face most? You've got all these different uh, matchups that we've seen in the regular season so far, and I think it's fair to say that the Jazz have been most successful against the Houston Rockets, yep. but that's probably the best team out of the four, right. in, you know, in an NBA overall context. So, uh, how should we do this? Should we should we just have people throw out their rankings? What?
0: I mean, I I really think that. You want to avoid the Clippers the most. Absolutely. Even though the Clippers have a fondness for shooting themselves in the foot in the playoffs. I, it's not a great matchup for, for Utah because the Clippers are comfortable playing at this slow pace. Right. And they have incredible athleticism and foul drawing capabilities inside and with Chris Paul. And, you know, I, JJ Reddick's probably I mean, I guess Chris Paul Chris Paul is a good shooter, but J.J. Redick's the guy you worry about the most, and then you're like, I don't know, is Wes Johnson going to have a game? Is Austin Rivers going to have a game? Is Jamal Crawford going to have a game? But they do seem to have games against the Jazz for whatever reason, and I just think like that's the last team they should want to face in the first round.
2: Clippers won 17
0: of 18 against the Jazz. I mean, that's just as that's, lopsided as it gets yeah. in the
2: NBA. I remember yeah. the Jazz for a while had this horrible streak against the Spurs as well, but 17 of 18 is as bad as it gets. You should accidentally, and the Jazz did. You should accidentally run into a team that doesn't have Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan, and the Jets still lost. <laughs> still found a way. Yeah. Right. It. So Clippers, I'm with you. There's shout just, out to Cole Aldrich for are we game. Ranking four teams here, four, right, four yeah. teams. JF. Clippers are four.
0: You want to face them absolutely the least of anybody.
1: Which is interesting because they're the most likely matchup so far, right? Probably. I mean, yeah. You look at yeah it, I
0: mean, it's going to take a lot for them. I guess not a lot, but I don't know. I'm not sure Memphis is ready for a surge. Yeah. And that seems to be I, – I mean, would you want to face Memphis – they are kind of figuring things out on the fly, like David Fisdell is still playing around with rotations and lineups that he likes. Um, but yeah, they I, started
1: I, Andrew Harrison last night.
0: Yeah, apparently he's in the NBA. <laughs> uh, he's real bad. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, they don't have a deep bench, so, you know, sure. an injury could, you know, Mike Conley rolls an ankle in the series. Like, that could sink them completely. But I do think they have quite a bit of firepower in that, you know, that starting lineup, and Marcus Saul, if someone's going to neutralize – you know Rudy Gobert's pick and roll capabilities Marcus is kind of that guy right Marcus Halls huge Marcus is very agile um offensively i think he could draw Rudy into some foul trouble early in a lot of games i you know Zebo is a tough matchup for anybody um uh, Mike Conley's really good now a healthy Jazz team should be able to take them on but i don't there's something about that experience that they have and, the, and with the Jazz having so little experience i don't know that makes me pause a little bit with them
2: stylistically the Jazz match up well with Memphis they just yeah. want to play slow you are right. going to get Sub-100 score game, 100-point games, pretty much total. If you get to 100 points, you're almost guaranteed to win that game. Both teams have shown an ability to win on each other's floor. The Jazz are 5-9 and nine in their last 14. Uh, against this Memphis team, which is about when this team started to look like this Memphis team, where right. they've changed coaches and things like that. But since they've kind of been the Marcosole Mike Conley led team, the Jazz have been five and nine. And and considering this is the first year the Jazz are going to be over five hundred since 2012 2013, that's actually a pretty good record. Yeah, the yeah. Jazz have been bad for right. a couple of years. So if they've if they've had that much success, including winning at Memphis, I think that's a, I think that's a win for the Jazz. I I would I would welcome that if I'm a Jazz fan, certainly over the Clippers.
0: Do you want a seven game series with Tony Allen on Gordon Hayward?
2: No, it's
1: not great. That could be real but tough. I, I think having Rodney Hood um, balances that out some. You
0: know, I. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that they're taking Tony Allen off of that, right? And so, like, I think. It, I mean, right, no, I'm a sure. I'm a huge I'm a huge Rodney Hood guy, and I think he can be fantastic in that series. But, um, but the Grizzlies will gladly take Rodney Hood trying sure. to beat them. Sure. Although that'd be fun because Dave Yeager apparently wanted Rodney Hood, didn't get him, <laughs> left the Memphis they had Grizzlies. Yeah, he might. Still be in the NBA? We don't know. Yeah, no, average you know. in a playoff series against—that'd <laughs> be pretty fun.
1: Uh,
2: in the last 14 appearances of these teams, again, the Jazz are five and nine. The the, uh, it, the 100 point threshold has been crossed four times total total not, I mean would you TV expect games.
0: it to happen once in a playoff game? I mean there's 28 total
2: final it? scores and four of them yeah. have gone over. I don't that's think, going to be a hideous series. Yeah, I don't watch. think
0: I don't that's going straight <laughs> to NBA TV. Yeah, like right. no one's watching that. But
1: NBA TV is going to be like actually.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: one of those Magic Hawks series <laughs> yeah. right there. Um the one thing that kind of, you know, makes it interesting for Memphis in that matchup is Marcus is a really good three-point shooter now. Yeah. And bringing Rudy that, that makes, far away from the basket that could mean something.
1: That was Tony Jones' answer by the way that he he thought the Jazz wanted to avoid Memphis more than any other team and I'm I'm with you guys I think it's the Clippers. Yeah. Uh but he said Memphis because of that, because he felt Marc Gasol was, the Jazz's, was Rudy Gobert's kryptonite. Is
0: Chandler Parsons still alive? Would he be a factor in the series? Probably not, He's right? sitting out tonight.
2: Yeah, and what his coach is talking about how good-looking he is, and that's why he's not focused on playing. And he's given him an excuse that that's okay to be that good-looking and just right. not care about being uh, in the NBA. Which shoot is why, 26% from that's three. That's my uh, problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of what have you done for me lately, and a reason why Jazz fans may not want to play Memphis is because the last time these two teams played, the Jazz did get killed. And that was a game where the Jazz, I, I don't know if the Jazz are at any point actually choosing to sit Derek Favors. I mean, I, I think he really is playing injured. I, I talked to you guys in the summer. I told you, I saw him limping around a, a, downtown. Yeah, I should In the summer. You. He told me he's playing on one leg. And he just never came back. And then he told you he's playing <laughs> on one leg. And, okay, that goes back to summer. I mean, we're talking about yeah, almost 12 months now that he's had a serious leg injury that he's been dealing with. He's just not healthy. But the Jazz chose to sit. Derek favors against Memphis the last time they played, and that's why Zebo went off. I mean, Zebo went crazy. You will have favors in that sense. So, where the Jazz match up well, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about Houston here coming up in a moment, uh, the Jazz don't match up at all with, with the Clippers. You can put Derek Favors out against Zebo and I I don't love that matchup because I don't like any matchup against Zebo, but Derek Favors is a good defensive player and can play that type of role. I mean, worst case scenario, Derek Favors turns into late career Kenyon Martin, which is just a hell of a player to play defense against or to play offense against for 15 to 20 minutes a game
0: like they would match up with Zebo. Absolutely. I mean, I can't even believe I'm asking this question. Do you want Derek Favors out there against Jermichael Green? Jermichael Green can can play, and he's a good stretch four. uh, And contract year. So might there well might be just, a little extra.
1: You, you should just start Joe Johnson and then have Derek Favors match Ebo's Just minute minutes. for minute. Yeah. Right. I, unless, you know, unless you think you can get something more, you can get more offense and defense out of Joe Johnson being yeah. at the four than, than him giving up whatever he gives up against Zebow. Yeah. And
0: that matchup would be tough for Favors defensively, but on offense he should be able I mean, Michael Green can defend, but he should be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, right? Is it consensus
2: then that Memphis is three, or would you rather play Memphis over Oklahoma City? I or very Memphis much
0: in. would want Oklahoma City. Oh, Oklahoma I, City over Memphis. Yeah, if I'm the if I'm the Jazz, let Russell Westbrook try to beat me.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, they but don't he can do it.
0: I mean, <laughs> he he's gonna he, put up he's he gonna put up it. 50 points, but it's kind of the same thing as as the whole talk about how you defend James Harden. Yeah. I mean, this is that without the threat of three pointers raining on you right like cuz the thunder can't shoot threes like they've been a little bit better for lately sure. but when he passes he's passing for dunks he's not passing for threes
1: we'll learn some stuff saturday when the jazz play the thunder but i think the first three games have been so weird that i i don't know that i've like gotten a whole lot out of what these teams can yeah. really do against each other, whether that be for injury reasons or, like, you know, the Thunder making 12 threes in a row uh, or, you know, again, Russell Westbrook, I guess, doing what he does, but sure. had 45 points and he's not going to average 45 points for the series probably. No, no, oh, oh, I, th- oh, I think he oh, will. Yeah, I, think he okay. <laughs> I think he will. I just
0: think it will take 38 shots to do it. And, uh, I, and I think you live with that, that Russ-centric offense going against you.
2: I had a wide-open Gordon Hayward three – in that last game, with what was it, ten seconds yeah. left, eleven seconds yeah. left, that he's gonna knock down 75 percent of the time when he's that wide open, that late in the game. Right. If he hits that, we're not talking about Oklahoma City being the threat to the Jazz. They won, they beat him once on this crazy full court, which is a great drawn up inbound play by the by the Thunder, as it was. But this full court running stop jumper, 15 footer from from Russell Westbrook which over Rudy shot. Gobert, which is his shot. But again, I will take that for the Jazz. I mean, I, again, right. if Hayward hits one three, I think the Jazz fans are a lot more. Uh, encouraged by playing Oklahoma
0: City yeah. in the first. Russ round. is also shooting a career high from three point range, but that career high is like thirty three percent. Right. You know, I mean, like if, maybe he hits threes in the playoffs, but would you rather face the,
1: the Thunder or the Rockets?
0: Thunder. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I also sure. don't think it's possible for them to face the Rockets. I mean, technically, okay. it's possible. I'd rather but face it, the Rockets. Okay.
1: You, you could see a four. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. That's. It's
2: pretty hard. Yeah. Just for the Jazz. I mean, you have the, to have w- the Jazz synced.
0: Yeah. What the Jazz strength is. Um defensively, I think the Thunder are already constricted on offense in terms of what they can do around Russell Westbrook. You're taking a team that really can't hit threes, and you're taking away pretty much any three-pointer yeah. other than a Russ pull-up. I would I would just take the math on that. Although yeah. I guess there, there is the worry of getting into foul trouble and Thunder living at the free throw line.
1: Ben, you were questionable on the Houston versus OKC thing?
2: I prefer Houston. I just think the Jazz would, would match up better against Houston than they were for the reasons we've talked about. Again, the yeah. Jazz are great at taking away the three-point line and then taking away the paint, and that's where Houston lives. That's what they want to do on the offensive side of the ball. And Houston makes so many mistakes. They just play so loose that they allow you to make mistakes and stay in games. You could lose the turnover battle every single game against Houston in a series and still win that
0: series. I mean, D'Antoni, this is tough to judge him on, but in his years with Phoenix... His team either took a gigantic regression offensively or defensively in every single playoffs they went to. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if that translates to today's Rockets team, but I mean, it's something.
1: Right. No, I, that, that's probably who real would you stuff? rather they face? I would rather they face the Thunder. I think for count, like for me, I think Harden is Harden is a scarier matchup. Uh, than then Westbrook, and okay. then you just look at the other talent around it, and there's no question from yeah. a Mike shooting Dan- point of view. I, I think you they could shoot you out of a series.
2: Mike D'Antoni's teams have won just 26 of their last 59 postseason games, which nobody has a better than 500 record in the playoffs. I mean, it's right. kind of a zero-sum game. It doesn't really work that way unless you win the championship every year. Uh, And he's lost 12 of his last 13 games. Now, some of it's been on bad teams, yeah, but he's lost as well because his style just doesn't work when you get to the postseason. Yeah.
1: All right, we've got to take a break. We'll answer your guys' questions on Twitter next and talk a little bit about heckling next on the Salt City Hoops show right here on ESPN 700.
0: You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Zach Harper, Ben Anderson with you. I uh, wanted to answer your Twitter questions first before we get into a little bit of heckling talk. From Pete Busha on Twitter, here's a fun question. If it's Utah versus the Clippers first round, could the Jazz effectively end this iteration of the Clippers, presumably, with a first round win? Yes. What would ha- So let's say the Jazz beat the Clippers in the first round. What happens? Blake Griffin signs elsewhere?
0: No, I think Blake Griffin is a lock to resign. Chris okay. Paul, though. Wow. I think Chris Paul could really sign somewhere else.
1: Where would he
2: even go?
0: Chicago. Play with Dwayne Wade. They're it's buddies.
1: Such a weird
2: team.
0: Banana Boat. Okay. Banana Boat.
2: <laughs> Underrate the Banana Boat. Banana
0: Boat on whatever... Lake is in Chicago. Is Chris Paul at a point where he'll take less money to go play somewhere? No, I think he's maxing out. I, I mean, maybe if it's a real special, special situation that he thinks like this is a title team and I'm still making twenty four million dollars a year.
2: You know, what team is scary with Chris Paul is San Antonio. That's they're a
0: they're really need really a point guard. They're gonna need a point guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that would be, really not be fair. Yeah.
1: He, yeah, he signs. If he's gonna do twenty four million dollars, yeah, then that, that right. can work actually. Well,
0: I kind of want that to happen now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so it's it's the end of the Clippers, but it's the beginning of, like, the, the proto-Spurs just being incredible. Yeah,
0: now the Spurs can finally be good. Or the Spurs yeah. never get
1: out of the second round.
2: Right, exactly. Round. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe it's a great move.
0: Well, it's kind of a win-win
2: right. if you're a Jazz fan because the Clippers go away, but the Spurs do something. Yeah. Uh, fair.
1: Uh, Lemuel Martin asks, if, if Golden State stays at number one, Rockets at number three, then is it better for the Jazz to move down to six and get the Jazz in the first round and avoid the Warriors in round two?
0: No, I think you would want to face the Warriors earlier rather than later because that's less time for Kevin Durant to get right.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So if you you know, your goal is to win the title. Yeah. Yes. It if sounds your goal is fun.
2: It as sounds far good as possible. to possible. But but your consolation prize is the Spurs who have won 9 of 10. Yeah. Spurs are pretty good. You get Kawhi. Spurs not <laughs> yeah. a great matchup for the for the Jazz. Yeah. No. Um, the Jazz won at San Antonio this year. That's
1: Yeah, okay. So who's the worst matchup for the Jazz?
0: The Spurs or the Warriors? The
1: Spurs, yeah, the Spurs or the Warriors? The Warriors. Okay, how about Spurs and... Well, a healthy Warriors healthy, Yeah, semi-healthy with Kevin Durant I mean, it's, back it's
0: still probably the Warriors, right? But well, but if you're going to face them, face them in the second round rather than conference finals.
1: Okay. Fair. Don't
0: be the losers that lose in the conference finals. You don't want to be that team.
1: Uh, Angie asked, how do I get Zach to forgive me for my in-game puns?
0: Look, she said something, there's something along the lines of, what is a celebratory... Drink you would make in honor of Jeremy Lynn and she said, "Would it be Gin Sanity?" Yeah, it's, and I'm not—I not anyway, wasn't happy. Sucker. I was upset. It's not okay.
2: What <laughs> terrible joke. Who has more miles on there? Uh, who, has, who Who's worn out more tread by the end of the season? James Harden or Russell Westbrook? Uh,
0: I don't right. think Russell can physically get tired. Yeah. Okay, he's got. I mean, he's he got had one... three knee surgeries in a year and hasn't lost an ounce of anything. He, he's got the best motor in the NBA.
2: There's yeah. no doubt The only about thing that. he lost was Kevin Durant. But does James Harden play hard enough to be out of breath at the end of the game? I <laughs> he mean, gets, he, does, does, he does a lot. He does a lot. Yeah. He gets to take half the game off. At least we pretend he gets to take half sure. the game off because he's not a great defensive player. Not that Russ is, again, Gary Payton or Patrick Beverly in that sense, but I, I do worry that Russ is going to be so exhausted at the end of the season yeah. that there are going to be games when he will score 50 points on 44 shots and you're going to say, that's fine. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, Russ doesn't really... Play much more defense than Harden I does. Say, I think they're yeah. comparably bad defenders. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess Harden. I don't know. They play more possessions. So yeah, I guess there's probably. And he's got to th- get in the paint. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, I would say. Well, I guess both those guys. Both guys things, have to get yeah. in the paint.
0: Who takes more contact? Do you think? Probably Harden because. You think? Because he hunts it more. I think. But he gets than, it all on the
2: forearms. Once yeah. the Westbrook gets the Alec Burks thing, where he's in the f- right. half the game. Yeah.
0: Or Metal World Peace caves in his head. That's right?
1: the, I I think it's Westbrook. Um, if he were you know a human. I'm right,
0: gonna, I'm not I'm, gonna com- gonna I'm I'm out on him being a human. There's yeah. no way.
1: Yeah. He dented his face.
0: He dented his face and was fine. Three knee surgeries in a year, no lost athleticism in any way, no loss explosiveness. It's like silly. Yeah. He's also got more to prove this year. And yeah. James Harden
2: doesn't have anything to prove. I mean, James Harden, he, you know, they made the Western Conference Finals. Was it last year? A couple Two years, years ago. ago? yeah. A couple of years ago they made the Western Conference Finals. It, you know what he can do, and his roster's terrible around him. I and mean, that roster's not good.
0: I think, I mean, I think a lot of people would say, you know, if Harden, even if they lost in the first round, like, hey, that wasn't on him. He did what he could. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly.
1: I think that's true of Westbrook, though.
0: Probably, yeah. Uh, a- and Westbrook's always going to get the, hey, Durant left that team, so let's, you know, let's pump true. him up. He's doing this by himself. He's doing the way that guys in the 90s would have done it, even though that's not true. Right. But right. You you But, know, but it's fun America to pretend. Again. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I promised we'd talk about heckling, so we have to, for a second... Uh, DeMarcus Cousins was fined $50,000 today by the league office for yelling, for directing inappropriate language at fans in a game against the Lakers Sunday and a game against the Jazz earlier in the week. Uh, Both of those videos are available on the Internet, but let's go ahead and play the Jazz one because we We can. So you you can't hear what Boogie said there, or maybe you could if you turned your radio dial way up. But you know, <laughs> sorry. Oh. Um, uh, and if mostly we just heard the screaming woman calling Demarcus Cousins' socks. Right.
0: What was what was the penalty for the fans?
1: The fans uh, apparently had no penalty. They, okay. Uh, they so, did get YouTube traffic.
0: Right. Why don't they get policed here?
1: Uh, by security? I mean. I mean shot. I
0: by accounts of people in that area. There was some real aggressive heckling of Cousins in the arena. And then we know that there was aggressive heckling in, in Staples Center yeah. against him. And I'm not saying that excuses the way Boogie reacted. He knows what he can say. He knows how he can react. He knows what the line is on all these times that he oversteps it. But At the same time, like there has to be some etiquette and and reasonableness for the fans. Throwing that at them throughout the game, Like I think both are at fault.
1: See, I I like Boogie responding the way he did, and I like I I'm pro heckling and I'm pro oh, yeah. reacting as Boogie did without being fine.
0: I love me some trash talk. I'm I'm pro exactly trash, talk it it sure. yeah. trash talk for sure. Yeah,
2: They have totally anticlimactic, non-hot take on this. I think both sides are wrong. Like yeah. Boogie's a bigger man and needs to know not to do that. Right. And the woman who did it. Go to her Facebook or her YouTube page where she posted it. It's the only video she's posted. She likes a bunch of videos. She's whatever re YouTube a bunch what she of likes. videos. Well she's like a DJ, whatever she is. Uh she's a DJ? Yeah, she's like a spinner DJ. Yeah. Okay. But that's the only video she's ever posted. So she had her camera she out. She, she knew what she was doing. Sure. She was baiting him into it and it worked. And she, then should she be... posted it. That's something I would say, you know what, we, yeah. we actually don't want you back. Because that's right. not what we want to be as jazz fans. That's not what you want we want you to represent do when we, you're sitting okay, in the but lower board. Do bowl. we not I, I, maybe
1: I'm being too uh utilitarian here or something, but like in some sense, isn't having a good home environment being making the opposing team uncomfortable?
0: Yeah, but isn't there – I mean, isn't there just some – like, I don't think it's – like, the fans can act how they want, but that's on the team to dictate what is acceptable in their buildings, True. right? At yeah. what point are you trying to be a part of the environment or what point are you doing it for yourself? If you're right.
2: filming it and posting it to your YouTube right. page, that doesn't mean you're trying to be a jazz fan out there or a basketball for fan. Sure. Exactly. You're, you're
0: trying to get that reaction, and it worked. Also, you know, what? whether this is fair or not – there is a there is a stigma around the league of the arena here in Salt Lake City that really bad things get said to players. Mm-hmm. And what and I've never heard that but it's around enough of the league to where it's either a tale that has grown you know exponentially past what it should be or it's legitimate.
1: Not the kind of things we just heard, but No, I mean kind like things racist we, things, yeah, right? Exactly. Like and
0: I've never heard that but that's that's what the league that's what NBA players think of of this arena.
1: And that, yeah, that clearly I think crosses a line.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think this lady should be fined $50,000. Wow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, harsh. I-, I wouldn't let her come back this season. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean if right. you're going to post a video like that, yeah, just not what she said. She said you're soft. That's fine. You can yeah, say that. I have no problem but with that. But posting it for the video draws attention to yourself. You're not at a basketball game to draw attention to yourself. It's the total opposite, and you've kind of violated that fan relationship. It's not a
1: crime, though. All right, got to take a break real quick. It's a crime. On the other side, uh, we're going to talk more about the Utah Jazz and, and the NBA.
2: You're realistic at the trade deadline, and they said, okay. We could probably pay a fortune and go out and get better if we wanted to. We could probably give up a lot of assets out of the bank account and get better if we wanted to. For what? To run into San Antonio in the second round and get ousted or to run into Golden State in the second round and get ousted? Why not wait a little bit longer and then see if you can get better? Now, a couple of teams probably had to make a move. I think the Rockets realized that they have a, a, a dearth of talent. I mean, yeah. they, they, they need help. They need more, They need more talent than what they currently have. Uh, around James Harden. They went out and gave up and got Lou Williams. I think that was a smart move, and it was something the Jazz could have done as well. But does Lou Williams make the Jazz better than the Spurs? Does Lou Williams no. make the Jazz better than Golden State? Probably not. Probably not. So yeah. they said, let's hold on to that pick. Was there anybody out there that the does Grizzlies – pick
1: make the Jazz better than the Spurs or Golden State? I
2: mean, I think that's
1: – But, again, two picks
2: doing. packaged in the late 20s mixed with a player might end up getting you something good when it comes right, to – Right, yeah.
0: Just... I mean, a, that's a long view, right? They kept yeah.
2: that play alive is yeah. what the Jazz did. The Grizzlies didn't want to spend their assets. The Clippers, I'm not sure they have a ton of assets to spend right now, but they didn't want to spend those assets. They said, let's hold on to Austin Rivers, let's hold on to J.J. Reddick and see what we can do there and All see right. if you can get better. The Thunder needed to get better. The Thunder were really bad and needed to get better, and I, th- I like the move they made. I yeah, like Taj Gibson. getting Shulman. Taj
0: getting Doug McDermott. Like, Doug McDermott is a guy they really needed off the bench. Taj is just a smart veteran who knows what to do and, and doesn't try to play outside of himself like but that. That's great. They at ju- the
1: power forward spot for them tonight, by the way, Taj yeah. Gibson did.
0: They needed to just show good faith to Russell Westbrook
2: that they were trying. Right. I think that's really – they needed. and not that they, they're going to lose him in the offseason. He signed with them for a couple more years, but I think they needed to show their fans, they needed to show their players that they weren't just going to sit on their hands. Now, after losing Kevin Durant, right. that's the only reason they made the move that they made. I think a lot of teams were realistic in the Western Conference, and that's why you have five and five, and four and six, yeah. and seven and three. When the Jazz are seven and three, the Jazz are the best of that group. In fact, the best in the Western Conference over the last ten, other than the Spurs, because I think, last night. I think the Jazz are just really good. I, I think the Jazz really are just a good basketball team, I mean, and
0: probably better than the Clippers, the Grizzlies, and the Thunder. Yeah, I mean they they are probably the third best team in in. The West and well, better than the, like, the fifth-best team, fourth-best team in the league? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a better team than the Rockets. They're a more complete team. They can play both sides of the ball. Okay. Better, uh, not better on offense, but well enough on offense that the defense matters, right?
1: They're three games back, so maybe you say the injuries have cost them those three Absolutely, games. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you
2: this. I don't think what you drew up at all, but if you were going to do a draft, put the Rockets roster together, the Jazz ro- uh, roster together, the Clippers roster together, the Grizzlies roster. Just put all those players if you were to do a draft, who would be the top five players chosen? And do the Jazz have any? Uh,
1: Okay, so you've got Westbrook, Harden. Uh,
2: Chris Paul, Chris Blake Paul, Griffin, yeah. DeAndre Jordan. I mean, Jordan, Probably, Jerry Jordan. Does DeAndre Jordan doesn't get I would take right? I would take yeah. both Gordon and Rudy Gobert over DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And maybe Gordon over Blake? Is that maybe? Nah, that's harsh, but.
2: I would take Blake over Gordon. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So you go
0: Harden one or Westbrook one? I would uh, go Harden one. I probably would too. Because of the shooting. Westbrook two. Yeah. Chris Paul three. Mm. Gasol three. I mean, are we just talking for this year? Or are we talking moving just this forward? year? I mean, just just this year? This, oh yeah. yeah, yeah they there give there me Chris Paul. You're gonna yeah. face
2: in the playoffs yeah. this okay. year.
0: Give me Chris Paul then.
2: I mean, the Jazz don't have the number one guy in any matchup they're going up against. And right. With the exception of the Rockets, do they have the number two guy? I mean, maybe they do against Oklahoma City. You yeah. Know, they they, they definitely do the against team. Oklahoma City. Yeah. Right. That, that's that is the reality that the Jazz are facing though. They are not going to have the best player on the floor, regardless of what series they're in. At well, any have, point.
0: Uh,
1: what about Memphis?
0: Marcus Gasol is better than what they have.
1: Marcus Gasol is a better player than then Gordon, Gordon Than Gordon, than Rudy, yeah. Okay. I, I, mean, I'm I don't
0: think it's by much, it. but I think it's enough.
2: Okay. And then if you go number two player to number two player. Right. I I would, mean, so I if would you're take, crossing off, but if you're crossing off, let's say, okay, Gasol is better than the Jazz best player, and that's Hayward. Yeah. Then the number two player, well, then you probably do take Rudy over Mike Conley.
0: Uh, yeah, I would, sense. for sure. And I'm huge on Mike Conley, but I would take, I mean, just what Rudy can do out there. I'd I, probably take Rudy over Gordon. Do you take Rudy over? In a playoff setting? um no i'd take blake okay i it's close though
1: yeah I, i'm you know just trying to yeah. it, tease this out and yeah. definitely take him over you know stephen adams or whoever you say yeah is. for sure and the nice Steve thing Lowe. against
2: houston is okay take off harden and take off gordon hayward the next three players might come from the jazz
0: yeah i mean who's the next guy you want from houston like eric gordon yeah, Eric Gordon, because he's an awesome scorer and yeah. a great shooter, right? And but I am not
2: taking him over Gobert. No, and I'm not I, taking him over George Hill when George Hill's playing at his best, no. probably. So.
0: I, I don't know that I'm taking them over Rodney Hood.
2: Right. That's close. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that that's, again, if we're going back, yeah. and not to kill or beat this dead horse already, but that's why the Houston matchup I just think makes so much sense for the Jazz. Sure. Because you take them totally out of their style when you play them in the first round. You've got more talent than they do outside of the very top player on your roster. You match up perfectly with what they try and do offensively when you're on defense. It just it makes a lot of sense. I trust Quinn Snyder more than Mike D'Antoni, too. I, yeah, Quinn's smart.
1: Who's, who's the best coach of that group of five teams? Who has the best coach?
2: Docs won a
0: championship,
1: right? I don't Mm. know that he's a good coach. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um.
1: I think he's a very average coach.
0: Yeah, I would probably go Quinn number one. D'Antoni's up there. I mean, I think D'Antoni's probably coach of the year. Yeah. Uh, But that doesn't mean he's a better coach than Quinn. It just means. I think the system is is perfect. Billy Donovan is very good. Yeah, he's very good. But
2: uh, you know, with he and and Hayward right now, or or he and uh, Snyder right now, I'd probably flip a coin
0: between those two guys.
1: He showed a lot then. Donovan, sorry, showed a lot in the playoffs. You
0: know what? Year. I'd take Fizzdale over Doc right now. I just don't trust I can, Doc. Huh. I don't know that he can – there are a lot of things he needs to do with them in a playoff series in terms of, like, there needs to be, there need to be huge stretches where Blake is their number one player, mm-hmm. and I don't think he wrestles that away from Chris Paul enough.
1: Yeah, and defensively, I don't know that he sets up anything Right, that I mean,
0: they've difficult. struggled a little bit defensively, be, you know, with Lawrence Frank going into the front office, really, you know?
2: Good point. Who's not in the rotation in the playoffs, for the Jazz? For the Jazz, Burks. So what's your starting five in the playoffs? Does it matter their matchup? I'd go the it starting five. Matters the matchup. Well,
0: yeah, I time. guess if they're, I mean, if they were to play Houston somehow, then I think I would change it up. Other than that, I would go their their normal five. We
1: know who four of the five are, right? It's George well, and Derek Hill. Favors
0: is in the rotation.
1: Right, and, and exactly. So yeah. it's George Hill, Rodney Hood, Dick, Gordon Hayward, X. Rudy Gobert, and you either right. play Joe Johnson or Derek Favors, so that's depending six. on who you play.
0: See, I, I, I look at it as, like, last year, everything, everybody was like, oh, the Warriors, they just got to start the death lineup, right? Like, the death lineup's so unstoppable and everything, and to me, it was great because it was a change of pace in-game, hmm. whereas if you're preparing for it a little bit more and you're playing more minutes against it, you have more time to kind of solve it, and that's what I think the Jazz should do, And unless it's the Rockets. If they're facing any other team, I think you start Derek Favors... And then you change to the the you know kind of switchy interchangeable versatile lineup yeah. throughout the game to throw off the starting rotation of the of the opponent. I think that's the way you go.
1: I think it depends how that series plays. You know, let's, let's say you play Memphis and you, as a result of doing that, you you start Derek Favors, but that means that you're going to have some Joe Johnson versus Zach Randolph minutes, and you see how. I don't think go.
0: you. I don't think you have to
1: how like so if zebo well, plays I 30 minutes off the bench and derek favors is playing it's starting uh-huh. you got to take him out at some point like i, I guess, sure yeah how, how do you, how do you make you
0: it you stagger you stagger the lineup to where zebo is on the floor with derek favors and he and joe johnson is playing next to him okay i don't think that's that hard to figure out like i i don't think it's this this one for one type of deal all the time you're not you're not subbing in a five man unit this isn't hockey right like okay. you're not subbing in a five man unit you're staggering minutes to make the matchups work
1: yeah and i guess if you if you're playing zebo when zach randolph or sorry when marcus all is out then you're right you're maybe playing him at the five or you know whatever it is yeah exactly you you can just have Derek favors match up against him yeah that's a good
2: point so who is it so we've got six sorry. guys now who else makes it
1: so six guys uh no XM in the,
2: is xm in the rotation yeah i
0: think you have to play him
2: like
1: how how many minutes
2: 10, Ten? yeah
1: would you play a point guard if you uh, just go no point guard? What guards? the Jazz did last night? Yeah. I mean,
2: you didn't.
0: You can go Joe Ingles a point.
2: Exum got his fourth foul 30 seconds into the third quarter. Did he come back in no, the game? No, he played nine minutes last night. Yeah. So, yeah, he didn't come back in the game after he got his fourth foul. And that was, I, I don't always agree with the way Quinn Snyder's punished Dante Exum when he's been on the floor. Last night you had to punish him because exactly. he's got to know coming out of the half. I mean, a coach had to tell him, you have three fouls. Or oh, you have to know that by looking at the stat sheet at halftime. Right. You can't have a frustration foul on a missed shot right, yeah. or on a turnover. Thirty it's seconds. One, it's one. It's
0: one thing if you just get jobbed on a call, right? right. Like right. you can't. You can't. Like there's nothing you can do about that. But that that foul was.
2: I'm okay in that sense. And then yeah, yeah. I, I think Joe Ingles is absolutely probably number seven for the Jazz. Routine. I think he has to be in the rotation. I, yeah,
1: I think he's. Yeah, he
2: might be your backup point guard. Yeah,
0: and I mean, I you, you throw Patrick that triple
2: Bell, wing out there. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think you may play him twenty five, thirty minutes a game. Like
2: he takes Patrick Beverly out of the game. I mean you saw what he did. He does he posts up forty feet away from the basket. He right. crossed the half court line and posts up and all of a sudden Patrick Beverly's not a danger to strip you. Right, exactly. He's not gonna rip you at that point yeah. and then you're not getting transition buckets, and then he gets rid of the ball and then you're not playing with this point guard and Patrick Beverly's actually at a disadvantage because everyone he's going up against is four inches taller than he is.
0: Right. And I don't have any stats to back this up. But I feel like when Joe Ingles is in the game, the Jazz have fewer live ball turnovers
1: we can look that up yeah, oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean that's a that's a good
0: i think point. yeah i think i mean, and i think that's i mean against someone like Houston or whatever like that's where they kill you is those transition threes right
1: yeah uh and i mean joe Ingles has been a high turnover player in in the past i don't sure. know that he has been this year
2: right he's also the only guy who generates turnovers on your team yeah he's the only guy for the jazz who generates turnovers Just crazy. you got to have why, that
1: why, like Someone else put out their arms. Like what Joe Ingles does defensively is—he's got long special, arms, right? Like it's not that. It's I don't not, know. It is special it because it's special, but it's not. It doesn't seem like it's hard to do.
0: I think defense is harder than we like. We That's always just okay. that guy just needs to yeah. try harder on defense. No, you have to be aware. Yeah. Joe Ingles is super aware on defense. Like Joe Johnson's super aware on defense, right? But Joe George,
1: Johnson's not getting those steals, you know. He doesn't have his long arms. Some.
0: Yeah. He's not as, I mean, he's not as big, right? Like, Joe Ingles has right. two inches and then, I don't know, four inches of wingspan on him. Like, that yeah. that and matters.
2: I don't want to be lazy and say, well, look at Stockton. I mean, Stockton has the most assists and, and steals, so obviously there's a correlation there. But there is a correlation between being a good passer and understanding where a pass is going to go. Yeah, right? absolutely. Joe, That's I, a great point. And I think Joe Ingles is a really good passer. And I think Joe Ingles can read then when the pass is going to be made and he can time it. Because he himself is a good passer. Yeah. He's and what, I think
0: the third best passer? I would say Gordon and Boris.
2: George Hill? More faster than Joe Ingles?
0: I think so. Okay. I, I, mean, I don't think that's a knock on George Hill. I think Joe I mean, Ingles is just, they're just, they're just that good passers. of a. They're all plus passers. Right, they're all plus, they're
2: all plus yeah. passers. And yeah, Joe Ingles is good. And I think because he's a good passer, I think he knows how to read passing lines. And I think guys underestimate him still. Yeah.
0: Also, contract year. Yeah. That matters. That's true. You want the contract year guys playing heavy playoff rotation minutes.
1: I'm curious to see how incentivized he is to stay in Utah beyond this summer. Um, That's a really interesting question for the Jazz. They can afford to keep. Joe Ingles, do they have to trade away at Alec Burks in order to sign him? Probably, but then you have to also trade away Derek Favors in order to keep him, and then is it worth it? Which we can we can go do that during the entire offseason. Sure. and We have nothing to talk about. <laughs> sure. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think, so, okay, so we did the top seven in the rotation. Do we have an? Do we want to say who the eighth man
2: is? I mean, we said we said Exum's getting ten minutes. I mean, that would be yeah. your eighth man at that point. Right. But I, I I probably go Alec Burks in all honesty, and and I don't love Alec over Dante, but th- there are times when Dante's just an absolute. Not not that there not that it's not also the case with the uh, with Alec Burks. That's what I was going to say. Is I mean, those guys can both just be total net negatives, right. when think... they're on the floor. But at least I would trust that Alec Burks gets out there and knows what he's supposed to do. It's matchup dependent. I don't know. I, I would have Alec bo- does I, a lot of stuff. He knows he can score. And so he tries to score,
1: but he can't. This is the problem. This is sure. the problem with Alec Burks is Alec Burks is like a much worse scorer than he thinks he
2: is. That's true. So what does Dante do when he's out there on the floor nothing. for you? Right. <laughs> so at <laughs> so, least yeah. there's a guy who right. has like a direction. I mean, you feel so, better
0: about Alec Burks corner three than Dante Exum, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: for sure. That that's yeah that's your benefit is he can shoot right. Uh, and Dante uh, Dante's a better defender maybe against some matchups. I mean, he should be. He should be. Yeah. It, yeah, kind of. I, honestly, I think I'd probably wait until April and see how yeah. April 1st through the 12th right. play out and then play whoever's playing. Look, play.
0: it's going to be matchup dependent, but yeah. I think Boris needs to be in the rotation.
1: Do you just, like, he's so goofy. and Like, he doesn't play basketball like a basketball player, you know? I was thinking about this watching him last night. Okay. You know how you say J.J. O'Brien is, like, the most boring player Saps Staps the watch. fun out of it, yeah. Saps the fun because he's so robotic and yeah. just does exactly what you would expect in the most boring possible NBA right. 2K animation sort of way. <laughs> right. uh, Boris Diaw is the exact opposite. Like, what you think he's going to do, no other basketball player does. Yeah. And then he throws up things that, you know, are really stupid, but sometimes they work and sometimes they don't.
0: Right. He really – I mean, this is a – An overused basketball analogy, but it's apropos with the team. He really plays it like he's playing jazz. You don't know (laughs) what he's going to do. Right. (laughs)
2: <laughs> like it really does. Like he yeah. sees he things. Does. He just tries to take over for three minute stretches. Yeah, like it's just my turn. He's got a
0: he's got a trombone out there for some reason. Like you don't know what that's <laughs> doing out there. But that he's should be illegal. That should be a
2: technical foul. He's never missed a layup in a Jazz uniform. Right. I feel like he, his up and under layup, <laughs> it just goes in every single time, and it's fine. And I'll take that. And, yeah. and you're right. He's got to be on the floor. He's got to be in the rotation. Yeah, like I I probably not, wouldn't
0: play him against Houston. It's not Trey Lyles. I mean, put right. Trey the thing out thing. there.
1: I think he has to be in the rotation because you run out of other players. But against Memphis, I would
0: love him against Memphis.
1: Yeah, although I I don't think he played well against Memphis. Oh, I'd, I'd trust him against Jermichael Green. Yeah, okay. But, again, then which minutes are you getting him against Jermichael Green? And are you not playing Derek Favors or Joe Johnson when he gets those minutes?
0: I mean, Joe Johnson, like, you just don't, you don't have, like, because know, Joe Johnson's on the floor, he can go defend a two and help against a four, and, you know. It would be so, so easy to play
2: him if he wasn't shooting 23% from the three point line.
0: Right. Ooh, that's the real it problem. Is, so is that so absurdly there hasn't, bad. There hasn't been a three this year that he's taken that I thought, oh, that's going in. Right. Like, it, it just but looks maybe, bad.
2: Maybe the first one. Yeah, maybe the first <laughs> one, and then you're like, oh, no, what's happening out there?
1: And Boris doesn't think about that either. I wonder, like, if the – because remember the Zach Lowe podcast with him, and he asked, hey, Boris, why aren't you shooting – why are there some games where you shoot threes and some games where you aren't? Because I think that's been – in the history of Boris, yeah. uh, coaches have wanted him to shoot more. And I think Quinn wanted him to shoot more. And now the percentages are what they are, and he right. definitely probably shouldn't be shooting more. I lot.
0: also think, too, that, like, the Jazz have so little playoff experience – that having Boris in yeah. the game will calm things down. Right. Like, yeah. I do think that – it's aside from him, like, when they come back to the – you know, during a timeout, they come to the huddle, and he's like, hey, guys, you know, here's what I've been observing from the bench, rather than, like, a foul happens, he pulls everyone to the free throw line and says, look, this is what we have to do. You know, I think that stuff will matter for this Jazz team until they start getting a little bit more playoff experience. And you're talking six minutes a game. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not right, – like, right, you're game. not talking 35 right. minutes. Right. Yeah. I'm
1: certainly not trusting Trey Lyles to do that, like, pull everyone together and –
2: but I hey, don't know that he knows everyone's name. Know Trey Lyles in six minutes would get seven shots up. Yeah. And I like that about him. <laughs> and I don't like that and about he, him. I want
1: he, someone else to take those shots. And he, he he's might be able to 37? shoot seven
0: percent. you know, I feel better about his shot than Boris. Sure. Maybe if he figures I, I don't know that I believe that if he
1: figures out his shot maybe, but like yeah. even in practice right now he's horrendous. That's that's really my problem. Yeah. Is he can't shoot right now and and no matter what setting he is if he's on a basketball court he can't shoot. Okay, so
2: what is it? What what is it with Trey Lyles? He couldn't shoot at Kentucky either. Did he have a great he shot? Rookie well, year?
0: California yeah. is weird with that stuff though because he wouldn't right, let he would shoot. let Carl Anthony Town shoot from the outside. Sure. And Carl Anthony Town is a pretty good shooter. At least mid-range shooter, right? He's right, yeah. if on threes, but like whatever. Like I don't know that that was Trey Lyles' fault. For not shot, shooting. What it? 14 was four for
1: 21.
2: 4 for 21. Right. Which
0: 21 attempts. Or 4, four
1: for 23 I think. But yeah. when, you know one of the... that's and all of those came at the beginning of the year, and then Calipari was like, "Stop, stop shooting."
2: Which I think Trey's confidence is zero right now, yeah. and I think yeah. the Jazz have to figure out how to protect that.
0: And I and and that's not something you worry about in the playoffs, right? Like you just put no. him on the bench, and then right. if there is a point where foul trouble or an injury or something opens up an opportunity, you say, "Here is your chance," and you give him four possessions to figure it out. And if he get, hits that first shot, the confidence starts building. Yeah, if it doesn't, then you take on him the out.
1: Remaining three possessions. Yeah. I,
2: I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. I would certainly not panic about Trey not playing in the in the playoffs. I wouldn't panic if Dante Exum doesn't get minutes in the playoffs either. If I'm a Jazz fan, that, that's not a, a a lack of confidence from the Jazz and Dante Exum. That's just understanding honestly where he is right yeah, now. Yeah, and like right. you said,
0: you shorten rotations, right? Right. I yeah. mean, and and I,
2: that, I've liked what I've seen from Dante over the last he's ten or twelve games. he really good. Re- he's an NBA recently. player. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I didn't know that at certain points in his career. Yeah. You know that now. Yeah. He's an NBA player. How good he can be, I think we've certainly lowered the ceiling on him. I would hope Jazz fans have versus when people were saying he might be Kobe coming out of Australia right. <laughs> in the draft. Like, that's never going to happen. But I, I hope Jazz fans still recognize that that's not a blown pick anymore. I, I think that's still – he's an NBA player, and, and he, will, he will develop into becoming a much and better NBA player.
0: In a full summer of – you're healthy, and you have Ideally skill development. Healthy, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, assuming nothing goes wrong in the next month. Like. <laughs> he,
2: no, he, but that's a big deal. He also doesn't make it hard to re-sign George Hill. He's not good enough right now right. that you're kind of saying, uh, what do we do? Right. You know you re, you bring back George Hill. Right. And you hope in two years you trade George Hill, and yeah. you have Dante ready
0: to play. Also, you like let's say George Hill gets hundred million million four years this summer from the Jazz, right? A year from now, if Dante Exum explodes and is all of a sudden like one of the best options they have, that is not hard to... To trade, I agree. Like, because people will still want George I Hill.
1: Yeah, is, is that a is that a I was going to say, is that a tradable contract? You think George Hill, absolutely, 375 or whatever. Unless there
0: is an insurance issue, every contract is tradable.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah. No, I I think I think we're on the same page. Is, does Trey Lyles? Do you know for sure Trey Lyles is an NBA player?
2: Yeah, Trey Lyles is an NBA player. I I, I really yeah. feel like he's an NBA player. I, I he think may so have too. to totally change who he is, but he's yeah. an NBA player.
1: I, I, I think you got to teach him how to play basketball at, you know, however, in kind of a role-player sort of way. Uh, finding teammates, being less selfish, playing defense with, you know, smarts, basically. He's but,
2: really skilled. He yeah. really yeah. is really, really skilled. Half,
0: half of his shots are threes, and he's not hitting threes. Yeah. I mean, that's that, – and so unless that – unless he regains that touch that he had last year, he shot, what, like 37 38% last year on a right. small number of attempts, but – Unless he regains that, or he starts learning to attack better because he's a decent finisher around the yeah. rim, um, you know the, one of those changes has to happen.
1: It's really kind of the floaters and mid-range contested stuff that gets him in trouble. Right. Um, although he's better at that than most rookies. Sure. There. So
2: and he's just rushing right now. Just yeah. every time he touches the ball, he's rushing. He just needs to stop and yeah. take a breath and slow down and let the game slow down. And it's slowed down for Dante. I really think the game has a little bit. Obviously, he's Dante's too athletic. For his own good. He he needs to get stronger. And that's when people say, it's not just to finish through contact. He's not strong enough to control his athleticism, which is why he'll pick up four fouls in nine minutes like last night. He overplays everything. He's always a step behind a guy, a step past a guy, because he's so fast and gets places so quickly. He's not strong enough to stop himself yet. And when he gains that, he'll become a much better defensive player. He'll get back to that guy we saw when he was a rookie. Trey Lyles, meanwhile, has to just learn how to play again. Dante doesn't have to learn how to play again. Trey has to, I think, re-teach himself a little bit, how to play within himself. Dante's just got to get stronger, and a lot of those issues, I think, will fix themselves.
0: I wonder if you agree with this. Do you think tra- – I mean, Trey Lyles has more responsibility defensively than Dante Exum does, even though Dante Exum is a better defender. That four and being able to both, you know, sort of protect the paint – like, they're not asking him to, sh- to block shots, right? But being able to cut off the paint and being able to recover to this, to the three-point line and run someone off and still make that rotation, I think – Trey has to do more than what Dante has to do because Dante is more asked to just control the perimeter, right?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, you think about just the number of pick-and-rolls Dante has put through as
2: a defending point guard. I I think it's much
0: harder to defend it as a big, though.
2: And how many more okay. ways can you attack a power forward versus how many ways you can attack a point guard? Right. It's hard to get a point guard in a really bad spot where he's stuck defending someone down low. It's yeah. a lot easier to get a power forward right. stuck on the perimeter. Or if you're a bad perimeter defender, just say, okay, we're just going to run down. Zebos one-on-one, and we're going to get him the ball. Right. Mean, you can attack Trey Lyles in any number of ways. It's hard to draw up a way to attack a bad defensive point guard. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, And I think that's why... I mean, it's I've easier just, to
2: mask a bad perimeter defender than it is to mask a yeah, really bad. for sure. Bad, and Trey Lyles is a really bad That's, defensive player. Yeah.
1: I'd agree with that. I think I, I, I might not agree with Dante and has less to do, but I agree that it's easier to hide him, I okay. guess, if, if that makes sense. Cause yeah. You're right, because when Trey Lyles is out there on the floor, he's involved in, he's involved in a lot of plays, and it makes him, it makes him look bad because he, he is very bad. For sure. Very, very bad. Like
2: the worst. He's <laughs> probably and I don't like Trey Lyles and I'm rooting for Trey Lyles I, I hope he makes it with the jazz and I think he's an NBA player I just uh he yeah. just he's just bad right now he just yeah. he needs he needs to get out of the season it's just not going to work for him this year
1: all right we got to take a, ra- a break but coming up next we're going to go around the NBA talking about all the latest news and notes from around the association that's next on the salt city hoop show on ESPN 700
2: We're scanning the league from
0: coast to coast. This is Around the NBA on Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700.
2: All right, welcome back
1: into the Salt City Hoops show. We've got a lot to talk about. So let's start with what's going on around the NBA right now. First of all, we're just talking about the Cleveland-Detroit game. Detroit upsetting Cleveland 106-101. We've been looking at the plus-minus totals in this game, and they're silly. Zach,
0: they're crazy. Derrick Williams who's not a good NBA player, but LeBron made him look decent for a little while. Minus 21 in 8 minutes. Oof. Uh, JR Smith, first game back. Welcome okay. back, JR. 19 that's minutes. One of eight shooting from 3, Oof. one of 9 overall, minus 28 in a game they lost by 5. Oh, that's not good. That's not great. not great. It's not ideal. I would say it's not ideal for sure.
1: Uh, but, looks like we will have the Thunder beating the Spurs. Oh, yep, that game just went final 102-92. Uh, I take
0: back everything I said about the Thunder. Yeah. They <laughs> don't want to play. <laughs> don't, play that, don't
1: play that team. <laughs> uh, they did start DeJounte Murray at the point guard. Uh, he was a minus 18 tonight, two for six, and just generally uh, wasn't that good. Westbrook got another triple-double, 23 points, 10 rebounds, or sorry, 13 rebounds, 13 assists. Uh, Pau Gasol, no, Kawhi Leonard led the Spurs with 19.
2: LeBron uh, also had a triple-double tonight. Yep, he did. that, my
1: uh, Clippers are up on the Grizzlies right now, uh, 110 to 95. So that's been a a turnaround, right? Or I can't no. even remember who was up. No, they were the up the Clippers whole time. Clippers were up yeah. the whole time.
0: Okay. Uh, Blake Griffin almost a triple double, 14, 12, and 8.
1: Okay. Not uh, bad. Chris Paul leading them in scoring. At, no, Raymond. Wait, no. Austin Rivers is. I gotta look at the right line here on the box score. <laughs> I was like Raymond Felton is leading. You're listening
0: to a score. live stroke by Andy Larson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what happened? Yeah, but Austin Rivers 20 points. Uh, I hate that he's become a good player. A wow, player. <laughs> that seems unnecessary. I was rooting against him this whole time. Okay. And
0: I'm glad that we're having kind of a Jamal Crawford renaissance. He's been real bad for most of the season. He's been pretty good as of late. Good. I, I just, just like Jamal Crawford.
2: Yeah, I, I like all three of their guys. I like Crawford. I don't mind Austin Rivers. I I know his story, and nobody likes anyone from Duke. Nobody likes right. the coach's son. Yeah. He had one shot that he made at Duke that got him into the NBA. He got oh. the Pelicans that drafted him originally. Yeah was was the Hornets at the time?
0: He was the big – no, I think they had just become the Pelicans. Become, okay. Um, he was the big asset in all of these moves forever because he was the pick that the Timberwolves owed the Clippers right. in the Marco Yard Sam Cassell trade, and it ended up being Austin Rivers. It's not so bad. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's
1: better than it could have been. Yeah, for could, sure.
0: could have been a lot worse.
1: Yeah.
2: And all I right. like J.J. Riddick. I like all three of them. I, the I the love J.J. I love all yeah. the ranks. I'll take any of those guys. Yeah.
1: Uh, tonight's TNT game is Lakers-Suns, by the way, which is just the best possible game for national TV, uh... I'm glad you're listening to us instead of watching right. that game. If,
2: I watch that game though. Like if I'm a yeah. casual NBA fan, yeah. That game has so many watchable players. More so than, than teams. I will watch Tyler Eulis any chance I get to watch him play basketball. I will watch Devin Booker any chance I get to watch him play basketball. I love I get they're bad. Yeah. But so many teams are so bad. So many teams are so <laughs> not good to watch. And I would rather watch them than any Detroit Pistons game. Because what's
0: interesting oh. to watch about the Pistons? The only thing that's interesting to watch about the Pistons right now is Stan Van Gundy's reactions to all their yeah, mistakes, I, right? Like, that's the that's the entertainment. That's very watchable to me. I can't I, watch Andre Drummond anymore. Yeah, that's fair. He I, sucks. He was good tonight. Sure. That's not enough. Fantastic. <laughs> he They're 10 points better per 100 possessions this year when he is not on the floor.
2: I don't and I don't mind bad basketball because I like seeing what these young guys do. I'm a I, Timberwolves I like, fan. I, like I seeing, love bad basketball. Yeah. We were
1: just hating on college basketball though, so that's very bad. Basketball. There's a there's level. There's, one there's a level. Pick right. In this game
2: <laughs> that we're watching right here, and there's ten lottery picks in this this Suns Lakers yeah, game. Right. I think that's a very yeah. good point.
0: Also, if I may, on FanRagSports.com. Yeah. There's a Brandon Ingram breakdown today.
1: Is that a, is a, is a good breakdown? Is it a?
0: I wrote it, so maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Does that guy make it?
1: Yeah, Brandon Ingram. Yeah. I think he's
0: I think he's gonna be good. Okay. He just needs to get stronger. He's a stick figure, an actual stick figure.
1: Let's use that to segue into our, our talk about the Lakers. Um, yeah. In particular, lots of drama going on. For, we've already talked about uh, Magic Johnson replacing Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss being out as, as terms of in terms of basketball operations. He also tried to start a coup where he tried to kick Jeannie Buss off the board, who's mm-hmm. really their controlling owner yeah. right now, Yeah. Uh, you know, also there's some familial stuff going on. It's, and it's a
0: reality TV show. Yeah. Like, that's what it's become. Right. It's Los Angeles. Yeah, this, this, this is the, the, I tweeted, like, this is the rich kids of Beverly Hills. Yeah.
2: This is what that show is. There are also a few racist comments away from just being the Clippers
0: from 10 years ago. It's not mean, that far. It's really not, that far. It's <laughs> it's like really not almost, that far. That city's almost kind of flipped yeah. on its head. They're slumlords point. away from being that's, the Clippers.
1: That's not to say that the Clippers are well run now. Like no, I, I think no. they're a good team. I don't think that they're, uh, they're better well than they were.
0: I'm in on Steve Ballmer as an owner, but Doc is not so good at executive stuff.
1: Yeah, and, and especially from a leadership point of view. Just yeah, from for the sure. Things I hear, you know, yeah. good. decent coach, decent I think decision maker, but I, I they're not a disaster, they're
0: but they're not the pinnacle, right?
1: Right, right. Uh, so you know that's fun. Pelicans and Kings. Uh, Pelicans are two and six since they acquired Boogie. Uh, Kings are one and six since getting get, getting rid of them. Is that a lose lose trade, or is it still too soon to judge? It's probably that one.
0: It's only a loss for the Pelicans if Boogie leaves, right? right. To turn Buddy Hield into Marcus Cousins, whether they become good or not, that's huge value.
2: And I think it's a huge win for the Kings. I love it. I love what I've seen. I like that. I like seeing Scalabissiare out there getting shot. He's been pretty good. And he can play. Yeah. Okay, he can play Kentucky. Yeah. I've been shocked at how good Willie Colley-Stein's been. I, and I'm not. Again, I loved him in that draft. I mean, if you go back to that draft, if you watched him in college, again, I know he was on that Carl Anthony Towns yeah. team, right? He played center was next to the He was senior cap, yeah. that year, or He was an upperclassman, yeah. which Kentucky just never has. He was unbelievable. And, again, yeah. we were talking about Andre Drummond during the break. What don't you like about a guy who's seven feet tall, who's really athletic, who runs the floor, and only wants to dunk the basketball. What right. don't like you like about that guy? You I don't like Andre Drummond. So. I
0: don't like that for me. I, Andre Drummond's terrible. Right.
2: And he, even then, he's, he's not that guy. He's not fly up and down the no. floor. No, and he Willie doesn't protect will. the rim
0: at all. Like, he is Mr. Magoo on defense.
1: I'm just saying, if we're making that comparison, I, I don't think they're that similar of players in the NBA, Drummond and, and not at all. No, yeah. not at all.
0: Okay. No, Willie Colley okay. Stein no. cares no. about defense. Okay. Yeah.
2: Even if he doesn't care about basketball, right the rumor. Willie Stein... Uh, no, I love
0: Willie Colley-Stein.
2: Uh, that guy's going to play in the NBA for 10 years.
0: The funny thing that might come out of this trade is the Kings may win enough games to finish outside the top 10. It's not all that likely, but to finish outside the top 10, their pick goes to Chicago.
2: Well, and the Pelicans might lose
0: enough games that theirs is protected, Theirs right? is top. How you got protection on a pick oh, for man. DeMarcus Cousins? I am kind of rooting for this. Like, I don't want to be mean to the Kings and Kings fans but the Kings losing their first-round pick and the Pelicans keeping theirs in a year where the, the Kings kind of have to nail a, a, a draft pick, that would be pretty funny. I'm, yeah. I'm always chaos team chaos. I'm team chaos. I'm always team chaos.
2: I won't be surprised if, what is it, 18 months where, where, well not, not quite that long, 15, 16 months, in July of 2018 when Boogie can leave, right? He can sign somewhere else if there's just a mutual departure there. I just, I don't I think... I put it at 60%? I don't think Boogie is good for anything. He's not good for anybody. He's a really unbelievable talent. He's just really an incredibly talented basketball player. He doesn't win games and he's never won games. You need, even, even when he was at Kentucky, he didn't win enough.
0: You need leadership and structure with him and the Pelicans don't have that. And who has yeah. it? Yeah. I,
2: I mean, best what what's the best case scenario for Boogie Cousins? Pop. I mean, as a player. I mean, I think best case he's Zebo at the end of Zebo's career where Zebo was Portland, he was the Knicks yeah. and he was just a nightmare Clippers, and you couldn't yeah. win with him and it didn't matter and he just took ridiculous shots because he was so talented and then he realized late in his career like he wants to have dignity on his way out of the NBA and finds a perfect role with Memphis. I think that that's what I would hope for Boogie at this point. And that's, I mean, that's setting the bar extraordinarily low. He should be able to do that. Yeah, he, I mean, he should be well. way better than that. Yeah. But I, I mean, that would be a success for me based on what his career Probably. is looking like right now. Yeah.
1: I see, and I, I, I think for me, I, I want to see more. I, I think I, not would I wouldn't be satisfied with his career if he becomes late career Zeebo.
2: Right. What don't we know about Boogie? What don't we know about him? He's not good in locker
0: rooms, even though some players
2: seem to like playing with him. Maybe you like mm, him if you're his guy. I
0: think that's a a random personality thing of someone who likes playing with him.
2: I think people are afraid of him because he's so loud, because he's so he's such a big personality I think people are actually afraid of him and that happens in locker rooms yeah.
1: so I think people can change though is what I'm saying basically is I, I sure. think he can I think he can mitigate that but he but he's never going
0: to change that on his own he needs a Michael Malone or a, probably a much better stronger coach than that to to fix that long term and he needs a stability and structure within the organization going from the kings to the pelicans doesn't fix any of that Definitely like not. Alvin Gentry would probably be fired if it wasn't for oh we can't have Cousins go through another new coach because that's the problem with everything else, right? Like, that. I mean, Dell Demps isn't... You don't Del- think
1: he'll be fired this summer?
0: I, I, I would be... I think that's something that happens at, at the start of a bad season next year okay. than, than sure. happens this summer. Because, Yeah, because up. you can't say, like, hey, Cousins, we're going to fix everything that's been a problem in your career. Oh, by the way, we're going to switch out a coach.
1: I think you... I, I think it depends who that coach hire is, and I think... Maybe the Pelicans find that person. But who is?
0: But who is that? I don't. He's not like it's not going to be some random assistant who gets upgraded, right? right. Like he's not going to respect that.
1: That's a good point. All right, uh, we've got lots of other things. Uh, Deion Waiters in the Heat. Miami's won twenty of twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deion Waiters is averaging nineteen points per game, shooting forty-five percent from three since I think the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, and they're half a game behind Chicago for eighth, and I think a game and a half behind Detroit for seventh. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it.
0: Deion Waiters, contract year. <laughs> Telling you, contract year is a powerful thing. Uh, Eric Spolster's also an awesome coach,
1: right? I mean, they started, what, 11 and 30? 11 and, and 30. 30, yeah. Uh,
0: incredible. Eric Spolster knows just, how to coach. Like, Gordon Dragic turned a corner this year. Yep, yep. Um, he looks back to being... You know, the the first, like, 40 games, he had decent individual numbers, but he wasn't really having an impact on the team. Now everyone kind of has an impact. And they, yeah. had, they had no identity
2: once Dwayne Wade left. And exactly. Dwayne Wade, even when LeBron was there, was their identity yeah. and was the soul of that team. And I, I don't want to overrate that stuff. I think that stuff gets really overrated. But, yeah, they just didn't know what they were. And right. then they realized, like, hey, we still have to play. We still have to come out and play 82 games this year. We might as well try and win these games. And... Uh, say what you will about uh, say what you will about Deion Waiters. It's the same way we'll talk about Harrison Barnes here in a couple of years. It's, they were top ten picks for a reason. They're just unbelievably skilled guys, and they didn't fit in everywhere they yeah. started. He
0: started in Cleveland and wasn't a great fit where he was, and was asked to do too much. And he's not that player. But he turned we, the corner a little bit in OKC, like kind of started to figure uh-huh. it out more. Um, and Spoltra has empowered him, right? And there, and you know me, a guy who wants to take a shot, like that is a valuable yeah. trait yeah. in the yeah. NBA, and he wants to take every shot.
1: Especially on the way that team set up, I think yeah. that's, that's a good fit. Uh, the Celtics held the Warriors to 86 points last night. That's the first time that they've been held under 100 at home, I think, this season, and and really just for a long time since Game Seven last uh, year. Yeah. That, okay. So, uh, I mean, Celtics good defensively. Uh, and no, they're not against this team. Apparently, uh, no. I agree. Overall, yeah. they're not. Um, how? I, how did they do that?
0: Warriors miss shots. That simple. Steph and Clay are in a slump right now, and if they if they slump, then that team really struggles without Durant, right?
2: And Isaiah Thomas is trouble. He's just really good, and when you have to worry about him and your guards have to play defense and, and you get in a little bit of a slump yourself, you, you try and shoot yourself into games – against a guy like Isaiah Thomas because he's yeah. just going to keep coming at you. And I think that becomes hard to do and hard to deal with. And that's how you end up losing games. And you miss shots because you start forcing
0: shots. Kelly Olenek, the... Kelly Olynyk was also awesome last night. That's Who the has...
2: danger of the Warriors. When they have to shoot themselves back in and, and to not give too much credence to what Charles Barkley said, but when they've had to shoot themselves back into games, it's hard. Yeah. When you're playing ahead, and that's what you were talking about with the Houston Rockets earlier and why you may want to play them in a playoff series, that's their best defense. Yeah. Now, they can actually play a little bit of defense, not like they could in the past when Andrew Boga was healthy for 70 games because Andrew Boga's a good defensive player and makes Draymond's job a hell of a lot easier than Zaza Pachulia is going to make Draymond Green's job. Uh, But when you have to shoot yourself back into a game, Versus to to stay ahead and just force that lead. That's a that's a different conversation, and that's when you start to rush those shots. And I mean, that's why Kevin Love was able to play 15 seconds of incredible defense yeah. against <laughs> Steph Curry because you knew he had to rush that shot. Right. You knew you had to get that shot up. And all of a sudden, when Kevin Love knows that, well, now he's the house in 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 the, at the blackjack table. Yeah. And he knows what's coming, and and the advantage is on his side, and that's going to be the problem with the Warriors. Until they get Kevin Durant back, and then they win the championship. Right,
1: it'll be good. All right, we got to take a break. We've got more stuff from around the NBA, including Dirk Nowitzki scored his thirty thousandth point this week. We'll talk about his career next on the Salt City Hoop Show right here on ESPN seven hundred. You're
0: listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN seven hundred. All right, welcome back into the show. And you probably should just let this play out
1: over us talking, because it's just a good song. still good. By the way, thanks to Brittany for producing for us tonight and for the foreseeable future. She's done an awesome job in her first time hosting us, and we're very difficult to produce for, because... Uh,
0: because we don't get to breaks on time, right. and you didn't even hit your mark on the hard out. No,
1: It's <laughs> been real awful. Uh, but regardless, thanks, Brittany. Uh, so Dirk, 30,000 points. He scored them pretty good.
0: He's awesome. Like he's who's I mean, Hakeem's the greatest international player ever, right? Yeah. Dirk second. I mean, who else would be there?
1: Yeah, I mean, unless you start taking into account international careers, you know, then maybe it's sure. a bonus. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, you, I think the NBA technically not. To, I'm, I'm not going to be. I mean, I don't want to be that guy. They technically consider Tim Duncan as an international player.
0: He played on. He played on Team USA. Right. I don't buy yeah, it. He said it, Hakeem.
2: So did Elijah. Warren. Fair point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's from the U.S. Virgin Islands, and right? And Steve Nash is the only other name you could throw out there They're for not the best. Welsh Virgin yeah, and Islands. Dirk
1: was better than Steve Nash in my book, Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he, Steve has, has the for back Steve.
0: Back How many does Dirk have? The only one. Had one. One MVP. But yeah. he's also got the Finals MVP. He's got the he's, yeah, the ring. Yeah. And just. And one, I mean, and he's one right. One of the greatest playoff runs you'll ever see individually, right? Dirk's also gonna be forgotten about more so than any of the other stars right now. Uh, Dirk, Dirk,
2: I I mean, the the way we just forget about a couple of guys from different generations, he's just going to be overshadowed.
1: You think? Because I I think he he did so much for kind of that international draft movement, first of all, and the stretch big man movement. I think you could... Like, hold him up as a totem of, of that.
2: I, I agree. We like to think that would be the case. But then again, it got so popular so quickly that we'll just say, oh, there's so many guys who are right. big that can shoot mm. the ball that actually think that'll wash him out. If he had stayed more unique, we would remember that longer.
0: But he oh. didn't stay more unique. Yeah. Also, like, he, until he won the title, he was known as soft and a choker yeah. and all that crap, right? right? Like, all that stuff that we throw in there because a the guy hasn't won. And it was, like, he was one of the most clutch players every year. Mm-hmm. He just happened to have one of the more infamous you know, first round and outs yeah. in NBA history.
1: Don't, don't listen to those people. Who right.
0: And, like, and then he wins the title and it just all kind of like washes away. But I think you're right. Like, he did have that, you know, kind of stigma against him for so long that I think some people maybe still are confused by that.
2: But I'd say he's a top 20 player all time. He's
0: unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I, uh, it was crazy how good, how quickly... He got really,
0: really good. Yeah, he, got, he, he made it. in the it.
2: NBA, 20 minutes a game, 8 points. Didn't shoot the ball well, 40 and 20% from the three-point line. And then the next year, he averaged 17 points on 46 and 38. Like, got, a crazy yeah. slash lines. And then the next year, he was 21, and he averaged over 20 points a game until 2011. And the first year he did it was in 2000.
0: Also may not get enough credit for his kind of ascension. Like, we know um, the, the shot coach who, who worked with him forever, right, he,
1: or Schwinder or how he something it? like
0: that, yeah. Uh, but Don Nelson deserves a lot of credit for like how he helped shape Dirk's career because he turned Dirk into that good player real quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I, another I, guy we we'll forget at, about Don Nelson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> another big white guy we're gonna forget about. Well, Don Nelson may have already forgotten about Don. Right. Nelson. Like,
1: I'm worried about his mental state. Uh, I, I was, you know, Dirk got the keys to the car at the end of his rookie season, and I think that kind of changed things. Yeah, for sure. Things around for him, and he, he's talked about that uh, turning things around for him. Uh, just a couple quick hitters. Andrew Bogut's Cavs career lasted 58 seconds. Not great. he broke his leg in the first minute of his first appearance for the Cavs out for the rest of the year. Um, Jose Calderon's Golden State career was even shorter. He did not play. He did, however, apparently get nine Golden State Calderon jerseys. Sure. Uh, also $480,000. <laughs> and $480,000, which he can buy more custom jerseys if right. he so chooses. Um, Seth Curry right now. He's averaging 24 points on 53% shooting from three since the All-Star break. Is Seth Curry good?
0: It's been longer than that, too. Like, he's, uh, he's, like he's, the last, like, 25 games, he's been Deion Waiters. Like, he's been really good. Seth Curry was good last year. Yeah. Was he the Kings last year? Yeah, he was the Kings. He was good last year. He's yeah. just on a
2: terrible team, uh, on a team that has had a string of terrible players, and, of course, yeah. they let him get away not knowing what he was. Yeah, he's a guy that a lot of teams should have signed in the offseason. For his last name alone, right. I and mean, the Jazz brought in Andrew Wiggins' brother for like Nick four Wiggins, workouts yeah. he's not good. because of his last name. <laughs> it's like, well, Seth Curry actually has like an actual bloodline. And right. I you know Wiggins' dad played, and yeah. now Wiggins uh, plays as well. But uh, Seth Curry, like, you know, he's gonna play, and he went to Duke again. It's yeah. like he has, he right. didn't go to Davidson. Right. He right. did go to Duke. He didn't go to Creighton. Of course, he can play.
0: And that deal, two years, six million dollars total. Great deal. Total. Not a year, a year total. Wow. Also, Rick Carlisle. Right. I mean, Rick Carlisle's yeah. a warlock. Yeah. Versus the Kings. Right. And the Kings are gonna screw up everybody they've ever gotten their hands right, on. Right. Exactly.
1: Right. But it, it is incredible that no one took that bargain on on Curry out of the D League before. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, I mean, he also wasn't as good, right? No, right. Like he he's a good done. worker and he and he's obviously skilled, but he had to learn how to play NBA basketball, which he More so, you know, more than enough done.
2: He played six career games before last year. Right. So it's not like we had this this huge bag of knowledge of what he would be, but there are enough pieces there where teams do take weird chances on guys like Nick Wiggins that you would have thought, okay, that's a guy worth
0: looking at a little bit closer. The Suns once paid Blake Griffin's brother, just to be honest, and he was not good. Taylor Griffin, he was horrible. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean they—they uh, paid J.R. Smith's brother. I mean that Chris was, Smith.
0: Chris, wow, Robin maybe the worst of all. The right, right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> actually play. Okay, fine.
1: Starting center, legit. Yeah. Uh, Madison Square Garden silent first half Knicks Warriors last Sunday. No uh-huh. music, no dancers, no jumbotron at- entertainment. Draymond hated it. Like all the weird Knicks beat writers loved it. Yeah. I. Where do you guys come out on?
0: I thought it was garbage. Horrible. It was a real all lives matter decision right there. That's what I would say.
2: Here's what I would say, and this is this goes with everything in life. It's like people who want to get rid of seatbelt laws or things like that. Right. Like there's a reason we've put it there. Right. Like there's a reason <laughs> we've added it in the first place yeah. because when we didn't have it, yeah. we realized something needs to be done here to make this better. Yeah. And yeah. music. And Nick makes games is one better. of those things that needs to be and it made needs better. Any help it can get. Yeah. All the help.
1: I do think that that was, I think Network had it right, that that was somehow a ploy to maybe fire the Game Ops staff.
0: Uh, 100%. I guarantee it was, sh- yeah. It's, they had them they had them throw Charles Oakley out just to fire the head of security or whatever they whatever they <laughs> fired. Like, come on.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not a good look. <laughs> it's a Dolan move. Uh, Adam Silver said at the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference last weekend that the league plans to change the All-Star game by next season. A lot of people saying it was boring because uh, not a whole lot of defense was played. I quite frankly agree. I think both teams could probably try a little bit harder. Um, it's hard to find that balance.
0: I don't need a lot of defense in my all-star game, but I need more than that.
1: Yeah, uh, do you have the teams play for charity? Like, what? Do That's you do? the only
0: way, right? Because no one's gonna be the guy who didn't try for charity.
2: There's no way to have a good All Star game in any sport. It doesn't exist. It can't. Well, there's yeah. too much money now. Baseball's so, the best one, probably. Right? And even then, like everyone hates baseball. Right? Exactly. They play for the
0: World <laughs> Series <laughs> <laughs> advantage. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that for sure.
1: But if you did it for charity, maybe people would care. I don't know. Yeah. You're right. All Star games are impossible. No, it's an impossible I mean, no. task.
2: No, <laughs> no. Is there a favorite? And, and he's not an All Star. Is uh, I mean, you know, who's your eight-year all-star in the NBA? Is Kawhi going to go out and hurt himself? I mean, Kawhi didn't no. play the second right. half of that game. Right, before. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, DeMarcus didn't play the second half of that game because it doesn't matter. Right.
1: All right, that's the end of our show. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm Andy Larson, Zach Harper, Ben Anderson. As always, you guys can listen to our show as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can download it from ESPN 700 Sports or SaltCityHoops.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. ESPN 700.